When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download it today. Use the promo code DNBR when you sign up. All right, y'all. I was fortunate to catch up with Will Darkey of the DNVR Buffs Beat. We went over the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. It was a lot of fun to kind of pick his brain. I obviously gave some general takeaways Sunday night, but it was a lot of fun going back and forth with him, and we were able to hit a bunch of different talking points that I didn't really get into in depth on that one. We talked about some of the teams that were the most surprising, both positively and negatively, the most fun regions, uh, the matchups we're most looking forward to in in the Sweet 16. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. I'm not going to waste a lot of time. I'm going to get straight into that. Real quick, though, now is a perfect time to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Whether you're obsessed with March Madness like Will and I, and you just want to get some action in on the Sweet 16, maybe still... Uh, place a future while you can get value on a squad like Gonzaga. We've got baseball coming up, so you can still get those futures in for the MLB as well. Maybe you just want to fade the Rockies. I think that's probably a pretty smart strategy at this point. Don't be a fool like me and count on the Rockies to do something positive. Certainly don't tie it in a parlay. They will break your heart. Whatever you're betting on, make sure you're doing it with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Right now, you can get a no-sweat SGP that stands for Same Game Parlay. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot at winning big. But you can actually place an SGP up to $10, and if it doesn't hit, you're going to get your bet back. Offering shots at redemption is just one of the many things that we love about DraftKings. And you guys do not want to miss out on all this fun. Download the app now, sign up with the code DNVR, new customers, bet $5, get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with that code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. What's up, y'all? We are back with another collaborative edition of DNVR Rams slash DNVR Buffs. I'm Justin Michael. My man Will is here, and we are talking hoops. It was an awesome first weekend of the NCAA tournament. A lot of chaos, but still a lot of talented teams left in the field, which is good because we don't want a crappy, you know, Elite Eight Final Four. First things first, how's it going, man? It's going great. Yeah, it was a uh, very eventful weekend, four days. Just, I don't know. It's always, it's very chaotic and it's just go, go, go. And then once you get to like the Monday right after, it's like, okay, like let's take a deep breath. I got to remember like who's all in the sweet 16 now, but yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. I kind of needed this Monday. Normally it's, it's deflating because I'm not at the events, but when I'm actually covering it in person, it was a lot more tiring and just trying to follow it all, but it was cool. The games in ball arena were sweet. Uh, we got treated to some pretty good competition and now it sets up some, some intriguing games that we'll kind of get into. Um, I guess just real quick, I have a couple of notes from round one, round two, and then we'll get into some stuff. We have teams that surprised us the most, biggest disappointments. And yeah, the games we're looking forward to in the Sweet 16, 
Uh, San Diego State, though, they made us look smart. We talked about that being a bad matchup for Charleston. I don't even think the Aztecs played particularly well offensively in that one. They played much better in the second round against Furman. But shout out to the Aztecs. They made us look smart because there were a couple of teams. Utah State uh, really let me down. Drake blew it late. Um, yeah, A&M obviously was a bad look for me, taking them to, them to the Final Four in uh, Arizona. But shout out to the Aztecs. The Mountain West needed that. No, yeah, the Aztecs really saved the Mountain West this tournament. And they, I totally agree. They didn't even look that good against Charleston, but they were still able to pull out the win. And then the San Diego State team that came out to play against Furman was dominant. And like it didn't even give Furman a chance to have a Cinderella run. So. It will be interesting to see how they fare against Alabama. I think it will be a better matchup than people expect because with San Diego State being in the Mountain West, it could be a game that, like, yeah, you get to the Sweet 16, so you are you are taking every game seriously, but it still could be like, ah, well, like we're not playing a, a Big East team or a Big 12 team. It's just San Diego State. So I think I think that game could be a lot closer than some might think. I saw some people pointing out that stylistically, San Diego State, somewhat comparable to Tennessee, just in terms of really physical defense, uh, a lot of length. And, you know, they Tennessee was really able to kind of cause some havoc for Alabama. I think they forced 14 turnovers. I mean, if you do that, anything is possible. And at this point, we've seen a ton of chaos. Certainly, Alabama is going to be favored, and they should. But I'm right there with you. Like, clearly, I'm a Mountain West guy. My heart, you know, I'm, I'm pulling for San Diego State. Like, I, I want nothing more than for them to win. I doubt that's going to happen, but I think they're going to be right there with it in the last couple of minutes. Yeah, and just another thing that I thought about right when they made, like when they clinched their Sweet 16 spot was like, I was personally happy for that program too because I just think back to the 2019-2020 season when they should have been a one seed and they they just didn't even get the opportunity. And it's like for a program like San Diego State, who's always relevant to some degree in college basketball, um, I, it, it just, it hurt to see that while they were having their best season, they didn't even get to be a one seed. So it, it makes me happy to see them not choke in the big dance and make it to the sweet 16 and have a chance to go up against the best team in the country. So their seed line says, and maybe, maybe give them a run for their money. I tried to find it, but somewhere I have, a, a ticket because in 2020, the Mountain West had their tournament a week earlier than they typically do. So they were, I think, the only conference that was able to complete their, their conference tournament in entirety. I was in Vegas. I placed a bet on San Diego State to win the national championship. So somewhere I still have that 2020 ticket, just like as a weird little memory of being in Vegas and the world falling apart. And and yeah, I mean, that that team was was awesome. They had the three-point shooting, but also the the typical defense, like probably the most explosive San Diego State team of the last decade. This team, though, they're just athletic and they can play bowling ball. It's going to be interesting to see like how they handle Alabama, but uh, I'll move on. I can talk about San Diego State all day. Purdue goes down, obviously, in, in insane upset, the biggest team in the country versus the smallest team in the country. Were they the biggest disappointment to you, or is it Arizona falling to Princeton? I think it has to be Purdue, Fairleigh Dickinson, just because it's what you said with tallest team versus shortest team. Like you, you have the player of the year who's seven foot four, and Zach Eady, like he did have a good game against Fairleigh Dickinson. It, it was a typical like 
I think double double Zach Eady game, but oh my god, nobody else on that team even showed up. Like the the other four starters for Purdue felt like detrimental to Zach Eady. It wasn't just like Zach Eady was doing everything and that you weren't getting much from it was like the other four guys were like hurting the boilermakers in that game. And I was I was off fairly Dickinson in their first four game. I who they play again. I, I don't even remember who they played, but I thought Fairleigh Dickinson was going to lose in the first four game. And so they got, they proved me wrong there. And then they, they shocked the world and they beat Purdue. So I, I had Purdue going out in the second round to Memphis, which that also didn't even happen. Florida Atlantic won, but like I was, I was low on Purdue going into this tournament, but I was not that low. So I definitely think that was the biggest disappointment. And I think you also have to look at Princeton. Yeah, shocking upset to knock off Arizona, but then they also went and they handled Missouri. Now they're in the Sweet 16. So I think you got to go fairly Dickinson for the bigger surprise. I'm right there with you. I guess the difference for me is I had actual expectations for this Arizona team. I too had Purdue bounce getting bounced by Memphis. That didn't happen. Uh, tough finish in that Memphis uh, FAU game. I'm probably if I you know was more emotionally invested would would be ranting about it. They kind of got screwed by the officials late, but FAU is a fun story. It, they're now in a pretty good spot to potentially make a run to the Elite Eight. That's a great team. Um, yeah, that's that's probably it as far as the first round. Do you have any more notes that you want to go about? Um, I guess just go it like with Florida Atlantic. I kind of I feel bad for them. I mean, they've somewhat done to themselves, but you see that everyone like looks at them as the villain now. Oh, because the dunk partially because they like took down the 16 seed darling that everyone wanted, but then it was a little classless at the end with that dunk and some like role player on the bench was waving goodbye to his 16 seed. And so a lot of people, it, I they did it to themselves, but it does kind of suck that like in the the best season of their like programs history when they are a small school, they're not, it doesn't really feel like a Cinderella run because people just want them out and people want Tennessee to destroy them. And so I don't know, kind of, kind of tough because like normally you'd be rooting for like the nine seed Florida Atlantic who's having their best season ever, but uh, they kind of a tough draw when you have to knock out fairly Dickinson and then how they act at the end of the game. I'm even a little like, eh, I didn't like that dunk that much, but. I'm going to zag the dunk, not classy. I'll admit it. Not, not the best look, but how are they supposed to act like they've been there before when they've quite literally never been there before? I don't know. FDU versus Tennessee would have been a terrible game. We are all better off for FAU advancing. That's a legitimate team. We should knock on wood, get a pretty quality game against the Vols. I don't know. I just, I think people are being a little bit too sensitive. It's just because it was a 16 seed. If they would have did it against Memphis, nobody would have been that upset. Oh, 100%. And I think the other thing that hurts is he missed the dunk. It's yeah, you got to nail it. Like, you, yeah. you look so much worse for not making it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sure that guy got clowned in his, you know, his contacts. Every single group chat that he's in, every friend that he's ever known, man. Like, what are you doing? You blew it. Yeah. Totally. I bet even like the guys on the team, like in the locker room after we're like, I, you kidding me? If you're going to do that, you got to make it like. It well, and it looked like, like the coach apologized because FDU got, you know, all upset. again, it, it was not, it was not the right thing to do. I just think the, the response was like, he, 
spit on a player post game or something like it's basketball. Let's all calm down just a little bit. The dude was excited. It's the biggest win in program history. Their run in itself is special. They got screwed by being in that eight, nine game in the first place. Like let them enjoy it. Uh, yeah, I do agree. So I, I am excited for that matchup. I, I, I like the point you made about how you're definitely going to get a much better matchup than fairly Dickinson going up against Tennessee. Cause I, I just, I think if they somehow got past Florida Atlantic, their run would have ended at Tennessee because Tennessee just plays way too physical. Like Purdue had the size, but they don't play physical to just like overwhelm Fairleigh Dickinson, whereas that would have just been too overwhelming. I'm right there with you. As far as the round two goes, Kansas falling to Arkansas, probably the most significant implication on, on people's brackets. Not shocking. I mean, they really didn't play that well against Howard. It was a bummer for me. I had Kansas winning it all. So that that really killed my bracket after already losing AM. But I I don't know. I just I wasn't that shocked. Like they ended up winning by double digits against Howard, maybe even covering, but it they just didn't play that good. And Arkansas is one of those teams, if you let them hang around, you know, they have the guards that are that are capable of just getting it, getting you in foul trouble and attacking and being pressure or in applying pressure can't speak this morning. And then we're, uh, we're all subjected to muscleman taking his shirt off again. I don't know why that guy can't keep his shirt off. No, I, I actually called it because I was watching that game with a couple of friends who don't keep up with college basketball that much. And I, I said with maybe like five minutes left, it was like, if Arkansas wins this game, I guarantee you their coach takes his shirt off. They're like, what are you talking about? And then it happened. And I don't know. He, uh, it's it's getting tougher and tougher to fade Musselman in March because this is now their third straight Sweet 16, and the two years before, they've also made it to the Elite Eight. So if they if they can knock off UConn, that'll be three straight Elite Eight appearances. And Yeah, I don't know. I, I was a lot higher on this Arkansas team. They battled with injuries all season, so it that's why they got the eight seed that they got. But I think after, like the day after last season, um, my like first rankings that I came out with, I had Arkansas as my number one team. And then a lot changed. And I think they dropped into like the teens with the transfer portal and this and that. But I was, I was high on this Arkansas team coming into this year and it, they, they, their ceiling is starting to kind of hit where I think I was expecting it to. What stings is I was high on two teams in the, in the off season. Creighton who has lived up to expectations and Arkansas, Dre can verify for me. I was on bets and he's like, I need like a, you know, a preseason national champion pick where there's some value. And I was like, you know, out of the, you know, not top four favorites, Arkansas is a team that I like. They're just dangerous in the spring. They've got a lot of talent and Muss is a good coach. Like the dude is a dork, but he is one of the best coaches in college basketball right now. Yeah, um, I do. I do look at that Arkansas-UConn matchup for the Sweet 16. and It's, it's interesting. I, it's going to be a really, really fun match. And Arkansas is playing some of their best basketball. If They might be playing their best basketball of the season. But man, it's it's also really tough to fade UConn right now because they, they kind of look like they're back on that pace that we saw at the beginning of the season when I think they started 13-0, 14-0. And it's, oh, UConn looks... They look deadly right now. So I think that'll be a really fun matchup. Well, and a key point with UConn that I've heard a couple of times now, 
is that they seem to play their best basketball against quality competition. Like it brings the best out of them. They're the only team coming in that was top 20 in offensive, defensive efficiency and rebounding. Like they're kind of just built to make this type of run. Yeah. I, they've got Adama Sonogo, who I, I personally lean guard play in March. I don't know. I feel like it's just when you, you can have a guard take over. Like I, looked at the the Kansas State-Kentucky game with Marquise Noel, and he just kind of took over that game. The little guy, as John Calipari referred to him. And, yeah, the little guy took over in that game. But Look, I kicked your ass, Cal. Yeah, but, like, I you look at UConn with Adama Sonogo, and he's just an elite big man. But then UConn does also have the guard play to back it up, and that's where, when UConn was slipping, their guard play was kind of inconsistent. But... Tristan Newton, Andre Jackson, like they are playing at a very high level now. And I think that's, I don't know, they it's it's starting to become, when you watch UConn basketball, the amount of pieces that they are putting out there, it's kind of overwhelming. And it's like a leaky boat where like you cover up one hole, but then now like it's leaking from another hole and you can't like, you can't cover all the holes because they're just going to, they're going to get you everywhere. That's how I feel about Creighton right now after seeing Kalkbrenner in the first game drop 30 and just be absolutely unguardable, just toasted N- NC State for 40 straight minutes. When nobody on Creighton could make a jump shot, Shireman made a three like 12 seconds into the game, and then they didn't make another three until there was like less than 10 minutes left in the game. It was absurd. To me, that, that they were able to win that way when they couldn't hit shots was significant. And then in the second game, you see Ryan Nebhard just completely take over. And I mean he hit some really tough shots in that game, was able to create his own shot all over the floor, was also running the show, facilitating for others. Having somebody like that, that can just at any point get you a good look at any, you know, anywhere on the floor. And then in Creighton's case, you can also dump it off to Kalkbrenner down low, who's just a mismatch. That's such a benefit, especially in these games. Like when you have, you know, a two, three minute stretch where you don't make a basket. Inevitably, it seems like every team has a four minute cold stretch in March Madness. I love high level guards that can make shots and, and create plays anywhere on the floor. No, yeah, Creighton, uh, people said it like all throughout the year. And I think even in the preseason, like this could be the most dangerous starting five. I think we even talked about it last week. And you saw it in the first game with Cockbrenner and you saw it in the second game with Nemhard. And in the Sweet 16 game, it could totally be Kalkbrenner and Emhard to be the guy to step up. But I, you, you can also look at um, Arthur Kaluma, Trey Alexander, and Baylor Shireman. Like every single one of the five guys on that starting lineup is capable of being the guy that steps up and has a 30 point game for this team. And it, it, that's just so dangerous. Like Baylor Shireman, he was incredibly hyped up in the transfer portal last offseason, like coming out of South Dakota State. It's like you're going to get like eight incredibly sharp shooter from three who he he has had games like that this season but you just haven't seen it too much yet in march but i he's like totally capable of just taking over a game making like seven threes and they also they have a favorable matchup in the sweet 16 too so it's they're not gonna have to like i'm i don't want to look past princeton it princeton can definitely give a run but i don't know this creighton team they're dangerous with all five guys they put out there. Having seen Creighton in person, I think they can win a national championship. I came away so impressed with Creighton and Gonzaga, and it was for the exact same reason. It's what you just said. It's You can't just take away one guy. There were a lot of 
stellar individual performances. Terquavian Smith for NC State went off. Mike Miles for TCU was awesome in both games. Uh, Flagler uh, was pretty good for Baylor. And uh, Cryer had 30, I think, in the loss to Creighton's. Like, there were a lot of dudes that really balled out. The thing about those teams is it, it might be Drew Timmy one night. It might be Julian Strother. Like, it's just such a tough cover for anybody because they have so much experience and they have so many different guys that can beat you. Yeah, and that's the thing with Gonzaga. I like when you look at Gonzaga, the spotlight is always on Drew Timmy, but I don't think Julian Strother's getting enough attention for how he's played down the stretch. Like he he is playing He's the best elite. NBA prospect on that team by far. Yeah, he is playing elite level basketball right now and I don't know. Like I think that's where obviously college basketball teams are going to look way deeper into like the scouting report than a casual fan who just like looks at Gonzaga's like, "Oh yeah, they they got the guy with the mustache, Drew Timmy." Like they the opponent's going to know that Julian Strother is going to be a guy that they have to guard, but even then, I feel like the attention you probably have to put it towards Drew Timmy and then that's where Julian Strother kind of down the past couple month or two, he is just he's taken over games and he's got multiple 30 point performances and he's just playing some elite basketball right now. He was awesome to see in person. And what I loved about him was I think he had 26 in the first game. And then in the second, he only had 10 points, but he was elite on the glass. He had nine rebounds. He was really effective defensively. You know, I like him out on the wing. He's an effective on ball defender. He moves well. And he's got the, you know, long arms. Like I'm, I'm very intrigued by him. He's a guy I'd love to see on the Nuggets. Yeah, no, definitely. I he uh he kind of feels like a similar role player, not role player, but just a similar player like Jalen Suggs from a couple years ago. Just uber athletic guard that I don't know, just with some elite level shooting and yeah, the length and I don't know. I I like this Gonzaga team in my main bracket. They were my final four pick and so the the gonzaga ucla rematch that are kind of rematch from what two years ago that we got in the final four i this will be a really fun really fun game we we got treated some really good uh sweet 16 games so i'm really excited All right, going to get right back to that discussion with Will momentarily, but you know that we love our Breckenridge beers over at DNVR, and we love them because they have a beer for any occasion. There's no better way to watch a live game than having some Breck Brew on deck. They've been doing it for 32 years, and it all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. It's made with 100% renewable energy. Gotta love that. And you've got to love the epic variety that Breckenridge offers, whether it's the classic Avalanche Amber Ale, can't go wrong there. I'm a big Mountain Beach Sour guy. Uh, the good company Hard Seltzers are fire. It's almost summer salty season. Whatever your poison, check it out at breckbrew.com. Find the Breck Beer Locator and take all the inconvenience out of beer shopping. I love Breck Brew. You love Breck Brew. We all love Breck Brew. Finally, if you get hurt, Bacchus & Shanker is here to help. Bacchus & Shanker wins for Colorado families. They've been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They're free until they win money in your case. There's no upfront fee to speak with you about your case. No fee while they work on your case and no fee unless they win their ca- win your case and win money for you. Bacchus and Chankers won over $1 billion for their clients now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Bacchus and Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. 
Backus and Shanker helped with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault, car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call Backus and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Backus and Shanker wins. Well, kind of off of that, is is that the game you're most excited for in the Sweet 16, UCLA-Gonzaga? Uh, I think... Yeah, I'd probably say that one is up there with the Arkansas-UConn game. I think it's just going to be so fun. I think those are my two, but I, I probably side UCLA-Gonzaga because you also look at those two teams on paper, and Gonzaga is an elite offensive team that's playing some good defense as well, but and then UCLA is elite defensively. So it, it's just your typical like argument of offense wins championships or defense wins championships, and so... Uh, it'll be really fun to see which team comes out the better defensive team or the better offensive team. Uh, I th- I think that that game will be just a really fun 40 minutes or more, maybe any more to decide it. I think it's in Vegas too. So you should have a solid uh, contingent from both fan bases out there. It should be an awesome atmosphere. I think if UCLA was healthy, you know, I, they are good enough to win it all. I have a hard time seeing them score enough to keep up with this Gonzaga team after seeing them in person twice. And I don't know, Timmy is just so unguardable in the post. It's a lot like Jokic, like where he's just slow and methodical, but always seems to make the right play. And he even got screwed on a couple of offensive fouls that were just like terrible calls. So it was, it was interesting to see his composure. Gonzaga as a whole, I think that's what really impressed me in that game against TCU. TCU thoroughly outplayed him in that first half, but Gonzaga just kind of did enough to hang around. And then, you know, eventually they came out and they hit enough shots to win. It was, it was awesome to see that in person. Um, I think Gonzaga UCLA is my favorite sweet 16 matchup, but then probably SDSU Bama would be too. Just, I'm really intrigued by it. I think San Diego state is going to hang with them. And if they can just keep it close, anything is possible because all of the pressure is on Alabama at this point. No, yeah, it's similar to the Gonzaga-UCLA game where these two teams play wildly different styles of basketball. Alabama wants to get out and push the pace and play incredibly fast, whereas San Diego State, they like to slow down the game. They're, they want to take the whole 30 seconds of the shot clock and just kind of play this slow, like, we're going to beat you on defense. So if if San Diego State can somewhat slow the game down and make Alabama play their style of basketball, then that game gets very interesting. We already labeled uh, Purdue as the most disappointing team. What team surprised you the most, positively or negatively? Um, I think the easy answer is Princeton because it's just another 15 seed uh, in the Sweet 16. But I think, honestly, I'll, I'll go with Michigan State. Michigan State, like it, it's... It's not surprising because it's Izzo in March, but like this, the level of basketball that this team is playing right now is really impressing me because I just was low on the entire Big Ten going in to March Madness. Um, Michigan State was one of the teams I was higher on, but even then, it was I. I think I picked Marquette over Michigan State in basically every matchup. I just thought Marquette's offense was too much for the Spartans but watching that game Michigan State handled them like basically the entire game they threw Marquette off like their entire style of play and Marquette looked flustered out there for the entire 40 minutes and so I don't know it's 
it's not surprising because it's Izzo in March, but um, I, I guess just like the level that Michigan State's playing at right now. Um, I think the, the East is kind of just jumbled up. You've got Michigan State, Kansas State, Florida Atlantic, and Tennessee. Good teams, but I think Michigan State very well could be the team that makes it out of that region. I had him in the Elite Eight, and it just came down to Izzo in March. Like, that's it's not the most profound analysis or like astute observations, but I trusted Izzo. I did not trust Shaka Smart, and that that worked out for me. Yeah, no, because I think they, they flashed a stat up, and it was it's like Michigan State's 15th Sweet 16 in 25 years, which is just that's an ungodly number. So it, like you said, maybe it's not like the deepest analysis, but sometimes you don't need to go too deep. Sometimes it is as simple as Izzo is better than Shaka Smart. Played out that way. I'm interested to see how Michigan State, you know, if they can keep up the pace offensively. That's like you knew they would play hard defense. I, I was kind of impressed with some of the shot making they were able to do against Marquette, which is a team that can, you know, like really pour it on when they get going. But I mean, Michigan State was just firmly in control. Like from halftime on, I wasn't even sweating that game. Yeah, no, that was. Oh, wait, I just lost my games. Yeah, that was. Like I said, it it surprised me or I wasn't surprised to see Michigan State in the Sweet 16. I think they were totally capable of it. But I, I was a little surprised with just how much they handled that game. Like you said, I. I was on Marquette and I was kind of the opposite where I was not sweating it in like a sad sense of like, well, game's already over. Like this is, this is Michigan state's game to lose and I, they're not going to lose it. So um, yeah, let's see. What's another team that, what, or what's, what's, what team has surprised you the most? I'm going to go with Duke just because of how good they looked against Oral Roberts and then how poorly they looked in the second round. I mean, I think I texted you at one point during that Oral Roberts game. I'm like, if they keep playing like this, they could win it all. And then they just come out and completely lay an egg. Yeah, I, the thing that we were talking about was their defense and how Duke just, they felt like when you were watching them over the past couple of weeks, they were like this swarming defense that would just swallow teams whole. And when they went up against Tennessee, they looked like it was like David versus Goliath. Like they were just like tiny. They weren't aggressive. They were just getting bullied on almost all aspects of that game. And it was, it was really surprising to see just kind of how little Tennessee made them play in that game. Yeah, it was, it was really disappointing to me. I mean, I guess, that's the trouble with banking on four freshmen in that moment. And that's where experience comes into play and kind of ironic. Like I went back on my own principles. The teams I always trust are the Creightons of the world and not the teams with four freshmen in this tournament, just because of the the chaos and handling the moment and all the stuff that I, that I hyped up Gonzaga for before we get out of here. Uh, what's been the best region for you so far? What have you enjoyed the most? Ooh, um, That's a good question. I think probably the West. I think the West, you look at the Sweet 16, Arkansas, UConn, Gonzaga, UCLA, I think those are going to be incredible games. And I just think 
it produced produced some really good games. The Gonzaga TCU game was a ton of fun. Arkansas Kansas was a great upset. Um, I don't know. I just I think the West has some intriguing matchups, and it's get, it's produced some really good games so far. I'm right there with you. I think the West is the best. Uh, do you have any bold predictions for this weekend, the rest of the tournament? Anything you want to take your shot on? Ooh. Honestly, I'm down to give like a refined final four. All right. Like, let's well, let's go through it. Who do who do you foresee advancing? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Creighton over Alabama for the South. I think that's the the matchup you get in the Elite Eight. And I think it's I don't know. It's it's tough to fade Creighton right now. Alabama, obviously a really elite team, but I'm I'm gonna go with Creighton and then down in the east. I'm gonna man, I Tennessee, that's another team with the surprise. I Tennessee has really surprised me too. I was with with them losing Zakai. I was really high. low on them coming into the tournament. Yeah, so they've really surprised me, but I'm I'll go Izzo. Let's go Creighton, Michigan State, and then out of the Midwest, Houston and Texas. That's tough. I'll go. I'll I'll continue to ride Houston just because in my main bracket they're my champion. So I'll, I'll stick with them. And then I'll go. Oh man. Like I look at the West and those like the West just feels loaded with teams that I'm high on. Like I'm I'm still high on UCLA. They they've still impressed me, but like Yukon and Gonzaga, the, those are like they feel like juggernauts right now. But I'll ride with Right with UConn. So I got Creighton, Michigan State, Houston, UConn in my final four. I like it. I'm going to go Gonzaga, Houston, Michigan State, hesitantly, Alabama. As much as I love Creighton, I think Brandon Miller and Bama are just, I don't know, they kind of have that destiny feel to them where everybody else is going down. Like this team that everybody hates, nobody wants to win. Even Saban subtweeting them in his his statements, like it's such a weird spot. Yeah, that was that was very juicy to see. Saban was kind of yeah, he took some shots at NATO. It's basically being like, there is no such thing as wrong place at the wrong time. Like, man, even, Saban says even everything with program. intention. Like, yeah. there is not a single thing he does not say that he does not think through and have an intended you know message that he wants to deliver. And good for him, man. Like, I, yeah. I'm I'm about it. No, yeah, it, it is wild to see. Even their football program isn't really backing them all that much right now. But this, how brutal do you have to be to where Alabama football even is like, guys, this is morally not okay? Yeah, it, you may be, you might need to look in the mirror, Nate Oates, and just, just think like, have I, have I made the best decisions uh, the past couple months? But I don't know. They it is kind of setting up as this like perfect villain arc so it, is, it just it feels is, inevitable to me at this point yeah but i don't know so actually i'll then i'll just go down to then my the championship so i got creighton michigan state i'll go creighton over michigan state and then houston yukon i don't know if i can do a big east championship so i'll go creighton houston and I'll stick with my my main bracket on ESPN. I titled Jim Nance Legacy Run or something. I think it's like Jim Nance Legacy or Jim Nance Legacy Run. So I'll go Houston over Creighton. Houston wins it in Houston for Jim Nance, a Houston alumni's 
like final call for college basketball. I'd be down for that. Jim Nance is my favorite. So I, I, I would absolutely love that. I'm going Gonzaga Bama in the title game. Bama breaks America's heart and takes down Gonzaga once again, who fails to to win the title, but still an awesome program. I, I don't understand why Gonzaga doesn't get the same love and admiration that Michigan state does. I guess Michigan state has some titles. That's, that's the difference, but it's like eight straight sweet 16s. That's, 99.9% of fans in the country would kill for that. No, yeah, because when you look at Gonzaga, everyone's like, oh, they don't play anybody in their conference. Like, they're not they're not ready for the opponents once they get to the big Look game. at their non-con. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, look at their non-con. And then, but you also, that's just such a weak argument when, yeah, they've now reached eight straight Sweet 16s because, okay, I, I, I think they are ready for whatever opponent they get when they can win two games and make it to the second weekend of March Madness in eight straight years. But It's just lazy. It's lazy. Yeah. It's whatever. I get the jokes are easy to make, and they unfortunately have not been able to get over that final hurdle. But if you view eight straight sweet 16s as failure or as like them somehow being fraudulent, I just, I don't know what to do for it. I don't, I, you seem like a person that's probably never going to be satisfied. So that's, that's a tough spot. Um, this was awesome, though, man. It's great to talk hoops. I'm looking forward to talking about this tournament more with you as it goes on. going to be a blast this weekend. And uh, good luck with your bracket, even though it's probably uh, not so hot, just like mine. Yeah, it's it's not looking too hot, but our potential points left, it's still, it's giving me hope. And I think that's, it's like the hope that kills you. So I'm trying <laughs> to, I'm trying to temper my expectations a bit, but we'll see how it goes. Good luck to you, too, though. The nice thing is, is I've just embraced chaos at this point. My bracket sucks. I, I admit it. I did not do well. Um, it is what it is. But now I just get to sit back and watch the chaos and enjoy it unfold. One other thing just that I was thinking about, like if you would have like gone back like five years ago and told me that in five years, like America will hate Alabama's basketball team more than their football team, I would have thought you were crazy. But I think that's, <laughs> we might be at that point right now. So just anything uh, as a, that's just another thing that adds to the name March madness, expect the <laughs> unexpected. It's, it's the post pandemic world, dude. Everything is upside down. Now, Alabama basketball is relevant. Nate Oates is, is winning and saving second shots at him. It's, it's the weird time, but it's going to yeah. be fun. We'll see how it all plays out. I uh, keep locked in with all things, DMVR Rams, DMVR buffs. Um, congratulations to see you on making the, Sweet 16 on the women's side. Big win over Duke last night in Cameron Indoor. Never easy. Go get it done. I'm a Ram, but go get it done. Pulling for you guys. It's going to be tough. They, they get Caitlin Clark in Iowa in the Sweet 16. So it's it's going to be a really tough matchup. But it should be fun. It's always, it's always fun to watch Caitlin Clark, too. Well, you get, we'll have the whole country watching. So that's one of those things. Like As long as they play well, it's good exposure. Definitely. Skinny looking
Mexican kid with the cuff khakis wearing graphic tees, feeling way too trendy. Raps that kill. Oh, I'm deadly. Primed and ready like machetes at a deli in New Delhi. Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli. Turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. But water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys. Like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly like.